We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Monumentous day on the White People Problems and OC podcast because, first of all, it's the end of 2003, baby. <laughs> the year's the year's over. Yeah. We can finally look forward to the future of 2004. But it's also our first ever return guest on the podcast, which is, of course, also our first guest, Aaron Mallory Long. Look at that! You've got two titles Yay. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, first yeah, guest yeah. and first repeat. <laughs> two honors, two honors. <laughs> and this was one where you came on to the show, and then I forget. I think you were texting me that day because you just kept <laughs> watching season one, yeah. and I got a yeah. message where it's like, "If no one's claimed countdown, I want it." <laughs> like, so I, uh, I have since finished watching all four seasons. <laughs> Yes. And and I moved on to Lost afterwards. Perfect, <laughs> Perfect transition. I was gonna I was gonna do Gossip Girl, you know, make that yeah. connection. And instead I followed Alan Dale. Okay. To Lost. All right. Yes. We mm-hmm. and now I literally just finished watching the season five finale of Lost. So I'm like in it. In it to win it. Like it's lost. Things are happening. If you want to follow Alan Dale further after Lost, you should go down the Ugly Betty route. Because I've never seen Ugly Betty and I really feel like I should. <sighs> yes. Probably. Yeah. Ab- <laughs> absolutely. Ab- he's also he basically plays Caleb Nickel in Ugly Betty. Um, who is also similar... Charles Woodmore, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... we, we've typecast Alan Dale as like, you know, a shitty white man. Shitty yeah. white, uh, a rich white man. <laughs> yeah. At least on the OC, I guess he gets to be American, you know, change it up a little bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, real quick on the Lost tangent. Lost was a show. I don't know how this happened for me. I must have started that first season like eight times <laughs> and like never could not get hooked onto it. Nothing worked. And then literally last year, 
I was like, all right, let's give Lost the second shot, like its seventh shot. And then I think I watched the whole series in like under a month. Yeah. Like I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Why did this not work for me? <laughs> like, it's just I was in the right headspace finally to watch that yeah. show. But I've never rewatched it since it was on air. This is my first time, and it's really hitting a sweet spot for me. Just like the OC yeah. did, by the way. I like rewatching the OC really just just to hit a sweet spot. And for I'm me. throwing this out there as a hot take. I really enjoyed the lost ending. And I think it was because I dedicated a month to the story and not six years to the story. But <laughs> I know I can't wait. I, I, I literally get to dive into season six, like at the end of this recording. So I'm like really excited to see like how it ends up tying up. I'm sure I'll be done by tomorrow. You know, like I'll just, you know, lost. I'll they have infamously the short seasons. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. So here we are counting, doing the countdown. Um, first of all, I do have to ask, is there any particular reason why you, can you remember why you felt like you needed to come back for this episode? I remember this episode so vividly just because of the Oliver Trask of it all. And just because like, he is so annoying, like from the moment I... he appears, like you're just like, so who is this guy? Get out of so here. Aaron, last week's episode with Chris McCuff. One of the last notes I wrote was, God, I hope I never see this lobby kid again. <laughs> and then immediately starting this episode, I said, "Ugh, he's still here. And then they said his name, Oliver, and it triggered a memory of a past guest saying that there was only one character on the show he found completely devoid of redeemability, and it was Oliver. And I was like, great. So this means that I get a deal with this dude for a couple episodes at, at yeah. a minimum seasons at a maximum. <laughs> like, yeah. So. I know I have to, I have to even more uh, try not to give you spoilers this time because now I've watched the whole se series. Yeah. It's all fresh. Recently. <laughs> so it's fresh. So. <laughs> uh, dear God. And I actually did write very few notes on this because I figured this is going to go all over the damn place anyway. So I say, Let's just dive in. Let's just talk about it. Let's yeah. let's let's get right into it because first first couple minutes, Ryan and Marissa, they're coming home. They're standing outside the pool house. Marissa thinking that it's a delight to make jokes about, you know, that time that she like almost died and that time that she almost got Ryan arrested. Classic comedy. Um, and then tells Ryan that she loves him to which he says Thank you. And then we're and then we meet Kirsten's sister. This is the first three minutes of the episode. Yeah. Like, so much happens. Yeah. It's such quick succession. Wait, so you, you much forgot happens. the you forgot the also like what the central conflict is that he does what <laughs> he does a uh, um an Emily Ross where he's like, Thank you for I love you. Yeah. One hundred percent. It the is central conflict. It is. It's and this one has there ever been has there ever been a TV show where a character says I love you, the other person doesn't respond with I love you, where it goes multiple episodes? I feel like you always know when that happens. Oh, they'll be saying I love you before this episode's credits roll. <laughs> like, right, right. Like we, yeah, that's not like gonna be the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, does he love her? I I my <laughs> My note on the comedy is that um, was that I wrote down like I love when the OC goes like jaunty like on Grey's Anatomy <laughs> like where you can tell from the music like nothing bad is really happening like it's just kind of like we're not in OD territory we're just in like awkward teen stuff like and I mm -hmm. I, I love that feeling this episode <laughs> just like oh okay. speaking of music for a split second 
This episode has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve needle drops in the episode. <laughs> but until like thirty minutes in, it's just like score. <laughs> like, yes. like yeah. it goes. I wrote yeah. down like five of them because they just—it's <laughs> like, like yeah. And we'll get it. I, I actually think it's kind of brilliant because it's very specific genres for each different party. Like it's like yeah. Haley's party. It's like all uh-huh. punk and ska music from like the late '90s, early 2000s. Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, like there's drop yeah. alkaline trios in there. Suicide Machines. It's yeah. great. And then like for the party that Marissa's at, it's just kind of your generic indie pop. And then for some reason, the swingers party is trip hop, which I did not anticipate be the the music call on that. But I was like, I appreciate that they really there was definitely some thought put into like each needle drop has to be a very distinct musical genre for the different parties, which is cool. We got to talk about Haley. All right. (laughs) This woman walks into a pool house that is now a fully furnished home with I would imagine drawers and closets of clothes stuff in it. Of course there are. She took one yeah. of these tank tops. Like, <laughs> like she knows that there's a person just there. Like walks out there in just some undies in his tank top to have a conversation with a total stranger who clearly is supposed to be living there. Cause you've been in there long enough to find his tank top. Right. I also, yeah. I feel like she, the character was equally confused by their age difference because I just want to be clear. The actress playing Haley is is younger than Ben McKenzie and Adam Brody. She's younger than both of them. Yeah. So just it's like, and it look she looks like she, she is. She looked young. So I'm yeah. Just like, I I didn't I'm know like, who what's it was <laughs> when she walked out. I'm like, did he walk into the wrong home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I like, who is head. this? If not for the previously on. Where they drop the one random reference to yeah. Haley in the previous so episode. Yeah. I have no this clue who yeah. this woman is. It it was it's so weird. And then I can't figure out, even from what they want me to figure out, how old she's supposed to be. Because Kirsten yeah. says, like, oh, people your age are like out of college. And I'm like, so 22? Well, she and getting married yeah. and having kids. And I'm like, so 27? Let's let's think of it through this lens. Everyone's least favorite episode, The Girlfriend. <laughs> she was what? She was 23, 24. Like, it was like just old enough to be creepy. I think she was 25. 25. Because she I, says I feel to like Haley, it was 25, but. When she lets Haley know that Caleb is dating Julie Cooper, she says, at least now he's dating people my age and not your age. So I feel like that's yes. the closest hint we get to, okay, so she's maybe 24, 25 years she's, old. Okay, but also, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a spoiler, but I get really hung up on ages. Oh, okay. So there's, I think it's a season four episode where Kirsten is celebrating her 40th birthday. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Listen, I know Seth you. Is 18 Aaron, right now. Aaron, what our, are you talking about? Our friendship began as a listener podcaster relationship while you spent, I want to say 200 episodes trying to figure out the weird time warp age gap of the entire Friends universe. <laughs> where like by season seven, some of them are just turning 30, which is bonkers. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> Why were you 26 <laughs> seven years ago? Like, what do you mean? 
I just, it's crazy. Cause then in this episode, Sandy says they've been married 17 years. Oh my God. So yeah. How is that not a woman who's already over 40? <laughs> How is she turning 40 in season four? Also, oh my it's God. Not like, this is, it's, it's never, this is the continuity that, like, stuff that drives me nuts. It drives me crazy. <laughs> All right, so here's I'm, my subplot. Like, uh, <laughs> Kirsten cheated on Jimmy Cooper with Sandy Cohen, fresh out of high school, got pregnant, shotgun wedding. <laughs> now she's about to turn 40. But that's what I mean. Their whole story is that they met in college. I mean, I don't really want to spend the whole time talking about this, but like <laughs> they met at UC Berkeley. And if you keep watching, there's like flashbacks to them at UC Berkeley. Like, they get into mm-hmm. it. There's no weird thing where it's like, oh, and we got married freshman year of college because obviously Seth was. I feel like it if you offered no me a million dollars, side note, I would not guess that the OC would be a show with a flashback <laughs> in it. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like You'd it's such wrong. a linear storytelling. <laughs> the past up. does not no. seem to matter that much in this show. But <laughs> please, please buckle up. <laughs> but yeah, Kirsten's sister oh Haley, you- like just. This episode's so weird because, like, it's like everything happens and nothing happens all yes. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like, the totally. status quo of every single character in this show moves no inches whatsoever. But for 45 minutes, it feels like things could change. But, like, you're also yeah. like, yeah. there's zero chance in hell that I'm about to watch Kirsten fuck a stranger at Party. <laughs> like the, the stakes could not have been lower during that entire subplot. <laughs> like... It's so funny too because I'm like, Kirsten, Sandy is a charming guy. I don't think you want to play chicken with him yeah. at yeah. a swinging party. Every like, single I'm sorry. woman in that room is like, ooh, yeah. who's this guy that showed up? Everyone's like, awesome. Like, <laughs> let's get with him. Like, no one, you're not winning this game, Kirsten. I don't. I, I thought it was weird, too, because the only thing I my gateway to key parties is the movie The Ice Storm, okay, which features it it takes place during an ice storm at a key party, right? In the 70s. This is a watch party, (laughs) (laughs) which is somehow weirder because then like you as a person, you have to go, I'm going to my swingers party. Got to bring my watch. Like, otherwise, I have nothing to give in. You know, I feel like. At a rich ass party like that, there's got to be multiple watches that look almost identical. Are the same? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's my eighteen thousand dollar watch, whatever. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I know it's the it's same insane. watch. Like, and then like, so we, so essentially, it's just we're seeing three different New Year's Eve fiascos. Sandy and Kirsten. Haley makes them think that they've like become this boring couple. I am very charmed uh, when they're driving. And Sandy's trying to prove that they're still fun. He's like, well, we won't even follow directions. Who knows where we're going? <laughs> like, he's having a good time with that. Ryan and Seth have decided that they're going to just keep it low key, hang out the house. And then, like, Hurricane Haley is rolled in with, like, apparently mm-hmm. the same party from Can't Hardly Wait happening at this <laughs> Yeah. <house>. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact that it's like the door opens and there are 60 people just ready to bombard in. <laughs> it's always like that. And I'm like, I've, I'm sorry, I've never been to a party that's operated like I've, this. Like, I've been yeah. to, so I've been to at least two parties in my life where I thought, man, this does feel like a 90s teen flick. Like, with how many people were there and how crazy it was. 
Yeah. But it wasn't ever the first people to show up. It's like, it starts off as like a small gathering of like 10 or 15 people. And then like someone's friend who you kind of know is like, can I come and bring friends? And then all of a sudden, like five cars of strangers pull up outside the house and you're like, what have we done? (laughs) Right, right. Like it's barely believable when it happens for like surprise parties. Yes. Right. Like just everyone (laughs) happens to be there. And also like... (laughs) You know, not, you know, not to say, not to say too much about Haley's friends, but like, you know, these like Southern California OC degenerates, like they all showed up at the same time yeah. to this, yeah. Yeah, they were very mansion. <laughs> they like took a bus over together, you know? Dude, yeah. It's... That's, that's what's unbelievable. It's like everyone's arriving at the same time doesn't make any sense. But then also <laughs> the, the final party that we keep bouncing into is Marissa gets invited to a party hosted by everyone's favorite new character, Oliver, um, that <laughs> also, for reasons that are never fully explained, Anna is also <laughs> there. But, like, yes. it's, like, the thinnest veiled explanation. <laughs> like, Because she's not seen hanging out with anybody but Summer <laughs> throughout this entire right. party. Yeah, she's like, oh, my parents know the parents of the guy <laughs> mm-hmm. who threw this party. And I'm like, what? yeah. That's like if, like, when I was I wouldn't 10, go to that. when I was 10, my parents, friends, kids were forced to come to my birthday party. Right. When I was 17, I didn't feel an obligation to go to the party of my parents, friends, kid. Like, no. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's so weird. There's one thing that they do a lot on the OC that they specifically do in this episode that I love, which is when... The parent storyline and the kid storyline have like callback jokes mm-hmm. to each other, mm-hmm. like where they tell basically the same joke. And so it's the the not Ryan Seacrest, the like Carson Daly ball dropping yeah. and Dick Clark ball dropping thing, which I just am very tickled by. I'm just like, anytime we can the the callback bring is, together. The callback is funnier than the actual joke that they felt was worth writing twice. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like the joke itself is like so like hacky nine like two thousand three writing. I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. Like I think part of it is like that it's not like a great joke. It's just like it's just there. They're both you know they both like make this reference, make this joke. Um, and then so I feel like the best way to do this is we'll just tackle each party, and I'll say we'll tackle them in order of importance. So we'll start with the swingers party, the the lowest of the stakes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most important. <laughs> like, I mean, it's. I feel like we've already covered most of the swingers party. But is there anything yeah. else that we feel like we need to add to this? Oh, for spoiler, Where, for people who haven't what... seen the episode, Sandy didn't put his watch in the bowl. It was all a big fake out to get Kirsten to think that yeah. something might happen. But also, I was like, I know these people are supposed to be rich, but just logistically, there were a lot of people at that party. Yeah. They have that many bedrooms that they all went on. Thank to? you. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone cleared the room and I'm like, you have 17 bedrooms in this house? Aaron, you can fuck anywhere. <laughs> so, I, uh, someone probably went to a yeah, kitchen. But these are rich people. <laughs> these are rich people, you That's know? True. Like, I like my sex like my ice cream vanilla, but isn't the point of the key party that you're supposed to go to the car that that key corresponds with? Well... Yeah, I, get, I think in a key party, you go to the house that the key okay. corresponds with. Okay, yeah, then, yeah I got no clue. The you really fucked this but up this with the watch. this is the watch. watch. <laughs> yeah. so. Yep, they really screwed this up. They should have put keys in that bowl. <laughs> like, you go to the Cartier store where you got your watch, I guess. Yeah. 
you go to the mall or the boutique and you you try to break in um Aaron I god we are the same woman because I was like there are no as they're leaving I was like there's no way that this house has that many bedrooms no there's nowhere to go Maybe it's no one's yeah. actual and house. It's like, Maybe this was a home they built exclusively for New Year's Eve parties to have this watch party. Yes. It's just yes, all bedrooms. It's a Newport group. <laughs> it's it's also, a Newport group home. Especially since in this episode, like Haley's whole thing is like, you know, I think a couple of people reference like how you start the new year is like how your year is going to go. I think it's so funny that coming up in the episode that the key party, the watch party always happens on New Year's Eve. They're like, I want to make sure my whole year is filled with swinging. Yes. Like, yeah. I just need to, <laughs> I need to start swinging and I need to always be swinging. <laughs> like, yeah. The entire also, calendar this, is, year. this is the thing that has probably bothered me since I was like eight watching TV shows, but I hate the fact that some poor guy had to show up to multiple auditions to just play the role of the guy Taryn is upset to draw the watch of. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, stuff like that makes me so yeah. sad. A hundred percent. Like, these are people who have money. So, like, you would think that maybe there was a more, I don't know, discerning application process. Yeah. Because, yes. like, like you're gonna have a swingers party and you don't know that Kirsten and Sandy are like whoever walks exactly. through the door. <laughs> Yeah, just oh, welcome. Also, <laughs> why would Haley ever know about this party? Yeah, who's she's who they thought was in Thailand at the beginning of the episode has some <laughs> maybe she's attended the swingers party in the past. She's been the wild card. One person goes home alone. <laughs> she's throwing off the numbers. So like consent, right? I mean, like I hate to go here, but like if you don't want to have sex with that guy, then like. You probably shouldn't have sex with you, that guy. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. That shouldn't be yeah. part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the flip side of that is like, I feel like that's the weird secret contract you're signing at a swingers party. Because <laughs> the other solution is just don't go. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Solution number one is just don't attend the party. But all right. So that's that's their, that's their little story until they come back to their home at the end. Let's jump to Oliver. Let's deal with this Oliver nonsense for a little bit. Hold on. You think that Oliver is the... You think the Oliver party is the next level of importance? I, I actually important? don't. I don't. But I think that the Haley party is the natural final conclusion of the whole episode. Okay. So, okay. Like, oh, no, I guess it's not true. <laughs> Oliver is the final shot. So, okay. Oliver we'll go, the we'll go, countdown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go to Haley's party. So Seth and Ryan's plan to stay lay low. Uh, Haley convinces them, look, you're just sitting here all by yourself. You should go to this party at Oliver's house. And like, just as they're about to leave in in a in a way as comical as like when that dude says that must be Nigel with the Brie in 10 Things I Hate About You before the entire high school shows up, they like open the door to all of Newport Beach, apparently like storming this house and immediately are like, we cannot go. We cannot leave this house. We have to protect Casa de Cohen at all costs. That must be Nigel with the Brie at Bogey's party is such a such a thing that I always say. I say it's it, always in my yeah. mind. Every time I walk through the grocery store and see Brie, I say it to myself. Oh, that, that must, must be, be Nigel, Nigel with, the with the Brie. 
There's like a there's like a liquor store in LA called like Bogey's Liquor. And I was like, I wonder if like someone was writing 10 things they hit about you and just like driving past this yeah. and we're like, yeah. Bogey. Perfect name. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> like this. Uh but, but yes, they they the party's insane. They're like, we we can't leave here until we shut this shit down. And Ryan in doing so, finds out that someone wants to murder Haley for over three G's that she owes them. <laughs> okay, and do we ever deal with that in this episode? <laughs> they, we don't in this no. episode. Do we deal with it in future episodes? I'll find out, but I'm guessing no. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm thinking this is a subplot that disappeared. I, <laughs> I actually, I, I also don't think that we deal with it either. <laughs> Haley's still a problem, but we don't yeah. deal with this. She's she's I running from a girl so. whose name is Cameo, side note, which now just means yeah. a weird app. So when they kept saying that Cameo yeah. is coming, I was like, what is happening? Yeah, I guess Cameo, when the power she went out, she's like, like well, that's cleared now. So like, yeah, she was like, everything is cool yeah. now. Like, that's fine. It was like in Fight Club where they blew up the debt. They were just like, okay, it's gone now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're good. Well, and it's also, it's just hard. I mean, I don't want to sound like, you know, a sexist or something, but it's hard to be, like, scared of, like, these girls in, like, low-rise denim skirts. Yeah. Like, I was just like, what? <laughs> at, like, at the most, it's going to be yes. like watching any female on the Jersey Shore fight another female in the Jersey Shore. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah but also, like, Wow is scary. No, JWoww, like, these actually, girls JWoww I, I am afraid of. But, like, if Snooki or Angela was trying to fight me, I'd be like, I... <laughs> Go ahead, punch me. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like these girls, I was like, uh, I don't know what you're gonna do to Haley, but I think she's fine. The most ridiculous thing See, of this okay, subplot, so though, is is her locking Ryan and Seth in the pool house, and Seth acting like they're in a coffin. Okay, that was my hands down favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Like their banter, that scene made me laugh so when much. She opens when the he... door to ask them to actually help shut down the party, and he crawls to the door like, "No fresh air." <laughs> like, it's the most honestly to bring it back to Friends because whenever Aaron's on the show, somehow the Friends <laughs> analogies start flying. It is the most Ross Geller moment in Seth Cohen's entire life. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Even just having feeling claustrophobic in that space is a Ross yeah. thing. Yeah, and as Ryan is just like, I live here. Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. Home. There's windows <laughs> everywhere. Three of the walls are windows. <laughs> like his yeah. Ben's performance in that scene made me just laugh so. But I loved him so much in that scene. I thought it was so good. It's also just to a certain extent. It's like I support also Ryan because it's like. The comedic version is like, I live here. There's lots of windows. You're fine. The other flip side is like, listen, motherfucker. Like, don't walk into my house and be like, it's so small. I'm getting claustrophobic. Like, you fucking rich narcissist. Also, like, his room, his room is smaller than the pool house. So, like, how how does he not get claustrophobic in his own bedroom? Seth's room is so small. It's like, just let's calm down, okay? Uh, I also want to throw out there, before we jump to the final party, that the the Coens do show up, and perfect callback to episode one, now it is Sandy Cohen who finds a three-way happening at a party. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I noted that and said, hey, that that happened to Seth in the first episode. (laughs) 
like hey wait a minute <laughs> that was a that's it was an ingenious callback yeah uh, like it's the, so good the, these writers know what they're doing it's, it's almost so it does feel like they unlike a lot of other shows that i watch and love i really do feel like they probably did map out most of this first season well enough to be like oh we can make a callback to this thing in like eight episodes yeah I think they're like writing on the fly on that. So now we go to Oliver. Marissa's at Oliver's house. She brings Summer. Anna's there for reasons. <laughs> and, and Oliver is trying to work his magic. He's trying to break up our dream couple. Dream in quotes. Well, in can I just say? Can I just say that the last name Trask <laughs> is never a a hero's last name. <laughs> like Trask is never going to be no. the person that you're rooting for. Unless no. you're a psycho who roots for the villain every single time. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oliver, not great. No. <laughs> Oliver Trask. Um, <laughs> a monster. Just also when they walk in and then he's like, like, Marissa's with her two friends. I mean, is she really friends with Anna? We're, we're led to believe maybe. And he just takes Marissa away and she's just like, sorry guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is weird behavior. Yeah. Like, that's behavior where I would be like, no, where are you going? Because yeah. I'm at a yeah. party with you, and now you've abandoned yeah. me. And I don't know anyone you've here left except me for with this a girl apparently is friends with that guy's parents. Yeah. <laughs> like... The only person I know here is Anna, who I've been fighting for Seth <laughs> again. Which, like, great. Yeah. So I hinted at this last week. I do want to talk about this. I both love and hate the Anna-Summer friendship in this episode, because mm-hmm. it's like, it's so sad. Like their their whole friendship <laughs> is built on this mutual rejection from a dude who I've come to terms with the fact is just a raging narcissist. <laughs> and it's like, both it's of you great. can do better. Like, and the idea that they are so hung up on this guy and that they like, they go and talk to that one dude and then it becomes our guest last week said like, I don't even think that it's an obsession with Seth at this point. It's just wanting to be the one who is wanted. And it is like yeah. so mm-hmm. much more clear when they're having that conversation with the guy where it's like, no, you need to pick one of pick us. One. Like Seth has yeah. emotionally damaged both of these women by thinking that he could just ride mm-hmm. out the dating both of them for eternity. I know. I'm annoyed about that whole situation because Seth has always loved Summer. Yes. So it, like, mm-hmm. just irritates me on a base level that, like, more people in his life aren't like, what are you talking about with this new person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like Summer. Summer likes you now. Just go explore that. But see, I would see okay? it from the opposite. Go, I see it from the chill. opposite side of it, though. Just a little bit. And this is obviously because I'm very teen Anna here. But, like, my perspective is Seth has been in love with a fantasy person who he has never spoken to. And that Anna actually provides, I'm sure, all of the conversation that his imaginary conversations with Summer actually were versus like, when have we actually seen them have any conversation that isn't like, don't tell anybody that I kissed you? Like that is the extent (laughs) of the Seth Summer conversations up until this Mm -hmm. point. Where it's like, Anna's like, I know enough about your life to make a comic book about it. Like, it's yeah. like, I I see the, I I get the debate in my eyes. I'm like, clearly you have things to talk about with this fucking Anna girl where you and Summer sure. are purely lust and nothing else right now. 
Yeah, but also you're like 16. Yeah, you're not going to marry either one of them. So like, <laughs> anything besides lust yeah. right now. Like, uh, you know, like I'm just like, uh, what are we doing? I hate the end of this when Anna goes to sleep. I agree. It made me it so made me angry. So mad. <laughs> like and I hate it's not even Furious. just she goes she goes to Seth. Seth gets his like New Year's Eve moment. But then to add insult to injury, just in case the audience thought, okay, cool, maybe yeah. this story's over and she's made a decision, we cut to Oliver's party where Summer's like, you're just not Seth Cowan, which no human being has ever said. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. no. Uh, it's so awkward to shoehorn in. Like, no one would say that. You would just be like, hey, I have to leave. Yeah. Like, goodbye. Yeah, this poor dude <laughs> um, who's from like, what do you say, like Oklahoma or some shit? Like, he's, he's yeah. just out of town for a, for a Newport Beach New Year's Eve. It's like, I'm just trying to hang out. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm on vacation. I really, yeah. not my thing. Like, um, this doesn't matter. I, so, okay, I'm going to say something that's controversial. I actually really... I actually really was endeared to the fact that Anna went over there. However, I did. I was like, okay, this is a lot. This is a loss for feminism because well, that's <laughs> you. So let me clarify. I agree with both. A of, rare disagreement yeah. between I, us. I, I'm going to agree <laughs> yes. with both of you in the sense of if I was Seth Cohen, I would fucking love that Anna showed up. I would think that that was fucking adorable. For the character of Anna, bad look. Like, it's a bad look. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. She's sitting there at the party talking to Summer. She and Summer are talking about how they're having a... Like, she's talking about how she's having a bad time. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's so great. We don't have to worry about Seth now. Let's enter 2004. (laughs) And then she goes over to Seth and just takes him. Yeah. Like, it's fucked up. It is a fucked up yeah. thing. To yeah, do. it's a bad, it's a bad look for sure. It's a very bad look. It gets worse. But we do get a great line. <laughs> <laughs> we do get a great line out of Seth, where she said, "Well, I was alone, and and you were alone, so I thought we could be alone together." And he's like, "Well, I I wasn't alone. I had Captain Oates and Carson Daly by my side." <laughs> like, yeah, you're here now. I don't have to work for anything or earn anything. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah. That I think you is have annoying rewarded too. my bad behavior. Yeah, 100%. Yes. But yeah, photo finish. Ryan makes it there just in time for midnight, which again, we're going to bring up friends, but this is the thing that stresses me out in anything. Can we be done with the you have to kiss someone when the ball drops at midnight subplot? I movies? Know. It is the most stressful shit I've ever experienced. I've never once been at a party where people are like, oh, you better get next to somebody. Because, man, are you a loser if you're not making out as the ball drops? I have literally never seen anyone care about it. It's like... And are we supposed (laughs) to believe that if Ryan didn't show up in time, that that was what Marissa Marissa was just going to start making out with Oliver, the guy that she just met in the lobby the other day? (laughs) (laughs) We kind of are supposed to believe that. I think we are supposed to believe that. They have never introduced a character. I don't think I've ever seen a show that has introduced a character in a more sociopathic, villainous way than a dude sitting outside of a therapy session psychoanalyzing another person. It's, it's he's horrifying. He's fucking Patrick Bateman. That's what's happening in that moment. It's the yeah. character of Marissa, God bless her. It's like, sweetie, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> you're you're so pretty. Like, don't talk to someone like this. He is being crazy you can just ignore him and be rude like 
is just yeah. she never uses her pretty privilege. She never does that. She's like, no, no maybe he's nice. And I'm like, no. He's <laughs> get out of there. I, I literally can't think of a character. I've hate it quicker. You know what I mean? Like, Horrible. like even Umbridge won me over at least in the start. I'm like, oh, she's just she's just a weird little girl sitting up there in the. In uh, the but dear God, <laughs> horrible. I mean, have you ever watched the OC? Because I feel like Nanny Carrie comes like is <laughs> pretty high up there for me. But or no, sorry, um, uh, or um, One Tree Hill, One Tree Hill. I was like, I am watching the OC. I was like, you are watching the OC. I have definitively watched fourteen episodes of the OC. Nanny Carrie in One Tree Hill. See, they're interchangeable. They're interchangeable for me. That's why I said white people um, problems can keep going after the OC. There's at least seven shows that I can think of off the top of my head that are yes. the exact same white people problems teen drama bullshit. <laughs> Apparently, Dawson's Creek. Dawson's next, Creek keeps coming keeps up. Keeps coming it's up. The connective tissue between the two. Dawson's Creek is the best show in the world. I still, I <laughs> really, I I've it. said this already. I I would so love to go into Pretty Little Liars next because I've never seen a single second of that show and it seems fucking bonkers. <laughs> it is bonkers. <laughs> like, I actually, I haven't finished it. I, ne- I used to watch it and then I never watched the last like two seasons because it just got crazy. Oh, like, like Riverdale crazy? Because Riverdale's yeah. also gone off the fucking rails. Riverdale, which I decided as I talked about last time to watch. And I just like... <laughs> Blasted through Tuesday. I can't wait for the last season to come out. It's crazy. It's a crazy show. It's insane. And I watched all of it. <laughs> I checked out of Riverdale after the first season because I was like, okay, this this seems like enough. And I thought about going back into it. And then I heard the phrase jingle jangle. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> think like, of what? That's a normal street drug. Why wouldn't you call it jingle yeah, jangle? Yeah, some jingle jangle. <laughs> With a straight like... face. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Sandy and Kirsten show up at the house. They have, I don't know. I kind of faded out once the once the party was over there and they their solution was we pulled the power. We shut off the power and then everyone yeah. just like, okay, bye. My one thing when Sandy and Kirsten show up is like they're mad at Seth too. Yeah. And I'm like, it's his aunt. Yeah. Like I know that yeah. she looks younger than him, yeah. but like what is he supposed to do? It's it's yeah. your sister. It's his aunt. Why is he held responsible? He was locked yeah. in the pool house. He was locked in the pool house. Yeah, he was like falsely imprisoned by a family member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the thing that I also don't get about this show is let's say that we've landed on the conclusion that Haley is 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. And let's assume okay. that all of the friends that she has at this party are about the same age. Yes. Who cares that the cops come? Because right. I've been to parties, and one of the best parts about being at a party where everyone has aged past 21 is that you don't care. Like, they show up, and they're like, keep it down. <laughs> like, you're like, right. Okay. It can only be a noise complaint <laughs> like, at that point. <laughs> like, like, he's like, we, we shut off the power and told them the cops were coming, and everybody left. I'm like, they are 20-something years old. <laughs> This means except for the two boys locked yeah, the in the two pool people... house. Everyone's a big Aaron, please promise, please promise me that on a future writing gig, you will write this exact scenario. What? Okay, I'll turn the music down. Like, what do you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, what? You... Well, I mean, it would. I, I, again, I don't need to defend the logic of this show, right? But like, it would stand to reason that because there are people there who you know owe other people money or everything, there's probably some 
illicit things going yeah. on at the party. But, you know, True. I mean, you're everyone's right. It's just like why at a certain point it's like, OK, we don't need to we don't need to have um everyone's over the age of uh and, of right. 21 we don't and yes need to do i thought this. about and what you also, were saying too there could be yeah. other stuff there are the cops really going to do anything about a bunch of rich white people in newport beach having like some cocaine at a new year's eve party like no no <laughs> it also no. it is weird in party things where it's like the goal seems to be to trash the house yeah like it's yeah. not you wouldn't normally walk into someone's house and start just like throwing things around the room but in these party scenes, that's what it seems like someone is doing. Like someone's just yeah. going in and like purposely like dropping bottles of wine and stuff. It is flipping the couch. Flipping the over. couch. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's so it's so strange because you're right. I have never I've never been to a party in like like the only way that that happens is like if you've got a blood feud with somebody <laughs> and they crash like, the party. Why, like yeah, like. <laughs> Why would anything weird need to happen yeah. at this? Like, it's it's so bonkers. The most frustrating thing about the entire episode is the fact that Haley, who has been absent in their lives for an indefinite, uncertain amount of time, uh, came back and like sought to. Uh, it, it's almost like she wants to get revenge on Kirsten and Sandy, yeah. uh, but at the same time, it's like she's a family member mm -hmm. and has completely disrespected their home, locked up, locked up their children, has like no regard for any of it. I'm like, no. and you think that they're just going to give you is your is is the point that you are such a menace that we're going to give you any amount of money that you need in order for us to get rid of you? Because that's leave. kind yeah. of what exactly <laughs> that's kind of what she's going for. I actually, yeah. Jose, I just had a memory as we were talking about this. <laughs> I'm realizing that for a dude who's been sober his entire life, I have been to some wild fucking parties because I absolutely have been to a house where the purpose of the party was to destroy a room in the house. Um, <laughs> they were it was my friend Mark and Laura. They used to throw these rager parties in our like early 20s. And it was that they were about to have the carpet torn up and they were going to repaint the like the whole living room and they're like fuck it let's have a wild party they had a full water balloon fight in the living room like it was just like let's just wreak havoc in this empty room because they already moved all the furniture out of it and like let's just have chaos and debauchery in this room for a night <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun <laughs> it was a fun time to be walking around a party where just one room was like when you yeah. go to a ren fair and you pay to destroy things <laughs> like, <laughs> i've I've always been more the here's Nigel with the partying <laughs> type. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. 
the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! We're giving a lot of love to Nigel, uh, to uh, Bogey with <laughs> Nigel Debris. But, like, I feel that at if it was ever, if I was ever to be a part of this type of party situation, I would be the girl that hosts the party in Can't Hardly Wait, where I'm just like, <laughs> like, really? Don't, don't, guys, don't do Please it. No. Like, that's me the entire time. Yeah. You know, I've never had a throw party regret yet, but I also haven't thrown a party in, like, five years. So we'll we'll yeah. see. I think the next time I try, I'll be like, why did I do this? Never again, chasing childhood <laughs> memories. Um, as I said, there are 12 songs in this episode, so let me rattle through all of these. Uh, Selling Submarines by The Pattern plays just as Haley's Party shows up. Um, this was trippy as shit to me, was there's a song called Make Up Your Mind by a band called The Vacation. My friend was in a band in 2005 called Vacations, whose only song that they recorded was called Make Up Your Mind. So there was a split <laughs> second where I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, but oh, no, it sounded nothing like them. Uh, people start. That's the song that's playing when they're destroying up the Cohen's house uh, during Haley's party. Walking on Moonlight by Brookville plays as Oliver and Marissa are having a conversation. We've Had Enough by Alkaline Trio plays as Ryan overhears that Haley owes Cameo some money. Destiny by Zero Seven plays as Kirsten and Sandy first walk into the swingers party. Walk Away by the Dropkick Murphys plays when Haley locks Ryan and Seth in the pool house. Ratso Rizzo by Laptop plays when Seth is getting claustrophobic. <laughs> Just the Ride by Jem plays when they return when we return to the swingers party. Overdriver by the Singapore Slang plays when Anna and Summer are trying to decide who the guy is looking at. Do I do you ever get a feeling of dread by the suicide machines plays as Haley tries to convince Seth and Ryan to now help her end the party flowers by the flaming sideburns plays as Anna leaves the New Year's Eve party. And then finally, as Ryan shows up just in time to kiss Marissa and say, I love you dice by Finley Quay and Beth Orton plays. Yeah. So there's a lot of choices for what your favorite song of the episode was. So, Aaron, you're the guest. I'll let you uh, start off with a pick. Thank you. I actually switched my pick halfway through, or, you know, mi- while watching the episode. I had, like, written down my pick. Actually, first I picked Dropkick Murphys, and then I was like, no. Then the episode kept going, and then I was like, oh, just a ride. And then I was like, no, it's Dice. All right. It's just, that's, like, what I think about in this episode, obviously. I mean, like, that's mm-hmm. the moment of the episode. I think they actually use it really well and they do it. That sequence is really good. But you know, the episode's countdown. That is the end of the countdown. That's the song we use. It's also the only moment where anything happens where the characters' lives Mm -hmm. move forward in some sort of way. Truly. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Otherwise, this episode could just not exist at all in the next. You just (laughs) plop it right out. Which is so weird because, again, this season is 27 27 episodes. episodes long. So it's not like... Which feels long even by 2003 TV show standard. It is. <laughs> usually it's... Usually you're mo- max like 24 episodes. Yeah. 27 is 
insane. And that's like amount. 24 on yeah. a sitcom, like a 30 minute sitcom. Yeah. But all right, Joe, how about you? Oh, it's dice. Okay. Like when you, <laughs> when dice. you, when we embarked on this journey together, Matt, and you said that we were going to do a segment about music, dice is this moment, dice <laughs> and the countdown is exactly. It's one of three moments where I was like, I know exactly the music that I want, uh, that I know exactly my pick for that. Um, yeah. I'm sure Aaron can probably guess what the other two moments are. We'll probably have to take your earphones off for I that. I mean, is one of them <laughs> it, <laughs> Imogen Heap? Because I know that one. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, you know, that's that's I mean, a given. That's, that's the a... number one. <laughs> the one that was literally that's a the... cultural moment. <laughs> like... It's the best moment of television. <laughs> so Yes. It was a phenomenon. It's literally the <laughs> only part of the OC that I have seen up until this point, but we haven't yeah. gotten to. Well, I'll be the odd man out. And because... oddly enough, the th- the third moment is uh, the third moment that I think about is episode one, season four. <laughs> what was that one? Oh. It's episode one, season four. Uh, Matt, you're gonna have to take your earphones off. Episode oh oh, oh episode one, season four. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's the cover of uh, Running Up That Hill. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, my God. No, I literally like tweeted about it when I was rewatching because I was just like, oh, my no. God, this is incredible. No, that is so good. So good. Yeah. yeah. That and like okay, Hallelujah Matt, for me. <laughs> yeah, Hallelujah, of course. But yeah. Hallelujah, I was gonna say, course, I, yeah, I, yeah. In my head, I kept hearing you saying season one, episode four. And I'm like, we already covered it. So you can just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Um, all right. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to go in the opposite direction just because this was literally one of my favorite bands in high school. And it was the closest thing I've ever come to loving a band that no one had heard of. So when this band showed up out of nowhere on the soundtrack, I had to go with, do you ever get a feeling of dread by the suicide machines? Like my love of that band from the time I saw them on the box, I was like, Ooh, who is this? And started buying all of their albums. So that's amazing. Like I, I prepared myself with the OC that I was going to hear some death cap. I was going to hear some bright eyes. Like I was going to hear the sad boy emo that like Zach Braff introduced into my life. You're going to get rude. Yeah. Like, but I was not prepared for suicide machines to make an appearance. So I like the same way that Brooke talked about like getting excited, hearing all American rejects swing, swing in the first episode. Like that was me Mm -hmm. when, when I heard suicide machines. Um, All right. And then lastly, as we've talked about a million times before, the OC was an undeniable pop culture sensation, letting led to tons of memes. And it was the talk of the town for at least a couple seasons. So real quickly, we always like to highlight what is something that held the uh, the pop culture zeitgeist at some point in the world that you are currently enjoying. Aaron, you already gave us a little bit of a spoiler because you're five seasons deep into Lost. (laughs) I was like, I'm so sorry, but it's lost. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Aaron, I'm going to go next just because this one ties to you. Because of your podcast and only your podcast, I watched both seasons of The Trainwreck that was Joey. God bless. (laughs) No. (laughs) And holy crap. The, the, The best thing about watching Joe, the only way honestly to watch Joey is to listen to the episode of best of friends where you had the writer on <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, watch it through John. the lens of what he said, yes. because you're just like, yep, I 100% see that 
all of these people knew that these episodes possibly were never going to go to air anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, the, yeah. So it's just kind of like this is what we're dealt. Yeah. let's deal. And with this. and That's the fine. I the the one that I keep explaining to people because I thought it was the most fascinating thing was when he was like, our big note was that none of the stories could not involve Joey. So like Joey yes. had to be the central part of the A, B, and C story of every episode. And then you Which watch it and you're like, oh my God, he is in every one of these stories. <laughs> like, as soon as you have that lens, you're like, oh, that's why it feels weird. <laughs> like, because like, you're just constantly seeing him and you're used to Joey being one sixth. Yeah. Of the entire mm -hmm. show. It's like, why even have no. other people on this show? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, every character on that show has... Why do we have Dre DeMatteo yeah. then? There's a threat that yeah. they might have a subplot, but, but they never yeah. get there. And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> why Dre DeMatteo? Why Paolo Costanzo? Like, come on. Like... And that's the thing. Like, I, I do think that there every episode, there's at least one or two <laughs> jokes where I'm like, God damn it, I hate that I actually chuckled at this. Like, they're... Totally. But... but but it's like it's not worth the journey. But I'm glad I can say that I watched it now. So it's I've, I've I taken that it. I've taken that bullet. <laughs> I think I've messaged I messaged you about something in a Joey episode one time. You're like, oh, honey, that is long gone out of my brain. I don't even think like... about him. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Joe, you can wrap this up. What is your pop culture moment? Well, we're sticking with like uh, sticking with television, right? I think that my my pop culture moment is uh, <laughs> has to be um, happy endings. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite. It's a rewatch for me uh, often. Right. So it's like uh, Modern Family, Frasier, and Happy Endings, and Gilmore Girls. These four are the the comfort watches, depending on how I'm feeling at every at any single point. And I just love I'm. I haven't rewatched it in a while and I'm on uh I'm on season three and it's just it is delightful. <laughs> it's, it's that's so like good. my next HBO Max show that I'm gonna dive into because I saw that it's on there. So I do because uh Joe, you don't know this. Literally most of Best of Friends also acts as a happy endings fan cast because they I bring it up. I love so happy endings. <laughs> but they've talked about it so much that I'm uh. like, okay, I get I guess I'll I guess I'll what there was one line that you guys said so many times where it's like, oh, are we being mean now or something? Or um Oh, are we not piling are on? Are we not piling on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, are we not piling on? Are we not doing pylons? Are we, <laughs> are we not piling on? I've just been re-watching two and we're up to season three, and I'm so sad because I'm like, I'm running out of episodes. <laughs> I know. It, and I almost don't want to finish it because it's like Me it could have gone. It could have gone at least one or two more seasons and been and re been really good, um, and I and again, Matt, there's a there's I think it's in season two, but it's a Valentine's Day episode where they're all in the limousine and um, Brad, who he's he's like under um, anesthesia from the dentist, he looks at each of them and names the character from Friends that they're like the surrogate for. <laughs> Which when he did that, I was like, "See, television writers know. Like, it's like it's we're so we're not funny. reinventing the real." Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> All right, well, Aaron, one last thing, we're gonna put you on the hot seat one last time. Is there anywhere people should go if they want to get more Aaron Mar Mallory Long in their life uh, before your next appearance on the show when you become our first three time <laughs> guest? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm everywhere at Aaron Mallory Long. Um, I mostly hang out on uh, Twitter, Instagram, sometimes TikTok. 
That's about it. All right. Well, we will be back next week. We'll, we finally entered the year of 2004 at the end of this episode. Oh. So it's it's only yes. it's a beautiful year in my memories. So let's see how it holds <laughs> up in the OC. Making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 